Aloha, and welcome to The Word of Hope with Ralph Moore, pastor of Hope Chapel Kaneohe. Hope Chapel exists to grow ordinary people into faithful, productive followers of Jesus Christ, equipping them through Bible teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. Today we have a guest speaker, Carl Moore, with a message entitled, What We Have in Common, will be in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 4. And now, here's Pastor Carl. Good being with you guys this morning. It's um, hard waking up. Actually, for me, 8 o'clock is early for me. Usually, I start my work week at 9 o'clock. How's that? Nice and late. 9 o'clock. And I live like a mile away, so I basically have to just wake up, brush the teeth, and drive, and I'm here, you know? So 9 o'clock is nice, and 8 o'clock is, whoa, early. So this morning, I think God was trying to wake me up and get me going for this service. Um, I knew I was looking forward to, well, worship's going to wake me up. That'll get me going. But struggling at home, you know, and Going downstairs, I get into to my car, you know, we got our own little enclosed garage. I live in the townhouses over here on Haiku Road. And someone had given me this car a little while ago, this, this past year. Someone in this church gave me a, a car, a Jeep Cherokee. It's an older Jeep. It's a 91. And it has this alarm on it. But the only way you can, you can arm and disarm it is, you know, just going in through the, um, the driver's door and locking it. That's the only lock that you can get into to open the car. There's no uh, little button, you know, the remote. She didn't have that. She just goes, you know, here's the car, great. Oh, by the way, there's this one little deal. You gotta, you know, make sure that when you open the car, if you open it through any other door, the alarm's gonna go off the horn and the lights and all this stuff. And so I thought, oh, no big deal. You know, every time I just go in. But it's, because it's older, things have shorted or something, it's always a gamble as to when that alarm's gonna go off anyway, just from the driver's door. Like, it's literally like I come out of the mall, and I'm like, okay, not today, not today. Ah, you know, I get in the car, and this morning, forgot all about it, you know, and, and it's just like, you never know when it's going to go or not. And so this morning, I'm just like, oh, man, okay, ready for church, getting in. Bah, 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 the neighbors, I'm like, ah, jump in the car, you know, like, trying to dig out before they see who it was, you know, and before shoes come flying out the window or something. And I'm like, sorry, guys, I know you're all sleeping in, it's Sunday, but... Oh my gosh, it's like my wake up. Okay, I'm awake, God, I'm ready to go. So I'm awake this morning, so I'm, I'm here, and so you'll get my full enthusiasm because God had a sense of humor this morning. But um, if you guys got your Bibles, why don't you turn to Ephesians chapter 4? And we're going to be starting in verse 4, just a few verses here, 4 through 7 this morning. Um, we're talking about what we have in common this morning as a family, as a body of believers, as the family of God and what that means and why we ought to believe in that and promote that value, you know, that, that we, we should see ourselves as a family that needs each other, that needs to be around each other. Um, I need you as much as you need me. That if, if I don't show up, maybe I'm robbing someone of a blessing because I could have spoken blessing. But the same thing is if, if you don't show up and meet with me, then you're robbing me because you could have blessed me and you could have strengthened me and that we need each other in this family. And that God's saying, hey, in order to make me happy, if I'm your father, you're my kids, I want to make sure my kids are getting along and that they're reaching out to one another and taking care of each other. So we're looking at, in Ephesians here, that we're a body. We have all these things in common and that we are a family. And this, earlier this week, I, um, I started my, Thursday night is my date night with my wife. And we started off a little bit differently this past week in that we went to go visit a friend of ours who's in the, um, the Queen's 
uh, like mental health crisis center, uh, Kikela Crisis Center downtown. And it's a friend of mine. He actually grew up in this church. He graduated from high school a couple years ago. And uh, when I moved back to Hawaii about three years ago, he had recently, maybe a year previous or so, gone through some type of just um, mental relapse. And no one really knows. The doctors don't really know what happened. He was a like a B student at Kamehameha. He was a, a really strong up-and-coming surfer. Um, all of this, he had this great life going for him. He knew the Lord. He, he grew up in this church in the youth ministry here. And something just kind of went wrong one time in his life, in his brain. And no one really knows. There had been a little bit of drug use, but the doctor said, no, that, you know, that's the little teenage testing stuff. There was no, nothing in there strong enough to make him snap or whatever. So he kind of had this mental breakdown, but, but he was always kind of half normal from what he used to be. And so when I moved back to Hawaii, I just kind of, God kind of just put him in my life. I lived in Kailua. He was in my high school mini church, and I would just take him surfing a few times a week, and we were just friends. And he said, you know what, I don't, I don't have a lot of friends. When whatever happened to me happened, everybody kind of wrote me off. Everybody just said, you know, what's up with you? You're weird now. We don't know how to hang out with you. So I just felt like God said, hey, this is, this is your mission. This is your target. This is your boy. And so I just went after him. Came one of my closest friends. We'd, we'd hang out all the time and just cruise. And we had a good time. And then it seemed like almost like his, his health was getting a little bit better for a while. And we were just praising God, always praying that he would just restore him to full health again. But then he slowly started getting worse and worse. And he had some, some heavy episodes where he couldn't control. And he, he did some actions um, that were just kind of not him, you know. He would, he would get into some stuff and get into some trouble. And so as, as time went on, he started slowly getting worse. And I moved away from Kailua, so I wasn't close in his life anymore. And, and we kind of didn't hang out as much as we used to. We'd call, and I'd see him once in a while, but it was kind of like a danger to himself maybe to even have him come around driving with me or whatever. I had to keep the doors locked. And it just he w- wasn't able to control his, his rational thinking. And so there's possibility of danger. So I didn't get to hang out with him as much, but I, I seriously pray for this guy like every day. It's, I, f- I really feel that, that God has told me that one day he's going to be fully restored and that that's just going to be the miracle that's just going to blow everybody's minds because everybody knows him in Kailua and his story. But until that day, I'm, just, I'm praying for him every day. So anyways, he had a series of events. Things had gotten worse. He had a seizure Different stuff had been happening. He was in Kahimahala for a while. He tried to break out of there, and he hurt himself in the process. And now he's, he was over at Queens, and he's there for like another week. But he called me recently, and so I, I set up, hey, I'm going to come down there and visit you. It's only one hour a night. I get visiting hours, but me and my wife are going to come and visit you. We haven't talked to you in a long time, and just want to make sure you're doing okay. So we got to go down there this Thursday night, and um, it was really cool just in talking with him. It was really good just to see him again, you know? came and we just gave him a hug and we got to just sit there and talk and he was so excited we were coming he called me about three or four times that day to make sure he's like did you leave your house yet are you down in the parking lot you know he's calling me calling me and I'm like I'm on my way don't worry I'll be there and so we got there and he was so excited and um, we were just talking and sharing and just talking about life stuff and what's going on and you know and I'm just catching him up to speed on all the the church family and all mini church and and all his friends, and you know, we had a mutual friend, Jason, who passed away recently, and so we were talking about that, and, and how he was a Christian, so you know, it's, it's okay, he's in heaven, and how his death is bringing about a lot of other people that knew him, kind of to have interest now in the Lord, and to see what's going on, and how it's a good thing, and it was sad sitting there talking to my friend that's 
does, he's, he's a prisoner in his own mind kind of thing, and I'm just, I'm so mad at the devil for taking away someone so good, you know? But in, in the midst of it, there's this cool joy that, that I'm, I'm sitting there and asking him, so what's God doing in your life? And he's telling me, hey, you know what? I'm learning so much from being in here. I'm learning so much from my time in Kahi Mohala and for all of this stuff. And, and, and God is showing me different things. And I'm going, wow, you're, you're, you have joy in being in all of this? You know, I thought he'd be all bummed out. And he's like, Oh, God's speaking to me. I've been reading his word, and he's been talking. He's been showing me. And this is the cool thing that he said. He's all, it's so great having you guys here and talking about all of these people. And you know what? We're all one still. I'm like, yeah. I'm thinking, oh, that's the sermon I'm talking about this week. He goes, you know, we're all still one family. I did all of this stuff, and I don't know what's going on. And, you know, they're doing CAT scans and stuff on me. And, and he's kind of he's drugged, you know. He's just kind of slow. But he's just like, isn't this amazing? You guys are here and we're still like family. And all of these people go all their different ways and we're still all in this thing together. You come in here and it still seems like just old times and, and we're just talking and, and God is so awesome. He still just loves us all equally and we're still all here together. And even our friend Jason, oh, we still get to go see him one day. We're still all in this thing together. And he pretty much gave me the sermon of what I'm talking about today. And I just sat there and I went, Ah, thank you, God. Thank you for the motivation for the sermon, but thank you that you are real. Thank you that that we can always have joy because we are a family, that we are all in this thing together. No matter where we go, no matter what happens to us, you've brought us together as one, and we need each other. And so just based on that, then I I got to share. It was cool. I said exactly what I'm preaching on. And I got to sit there in the little hospital ward, and we had like a mini Bible study. I gave him a mini sermon, and me and my wife and him had like mini church right there in the middle of this hospital place. And we just got to share with them and we prayed and stuff. And it was really cool. But I just was thinking about that and saying saying to my wife, you know, what I got to preach on today is going to be so much easier because he just proved to me what the family of God is all about and why we need each other. So we're, we're looking into that today. We're talking about family um, as we look into Ephesians 4. We're talking about the family of God and what it is that we have in common and what makes up a good family and why we need each other. And I want you guys to picture what you think your idea of a perfect family is, the ideal family. Could be your family. You had a real good childhood and growing up and your parents stayed together, which is kind of rare in today's day and age. And you had the whole family experience. Everyone loved each other and it all worked out. Maybe ideal family is what you grew up in. Maybe some of you guys are going, I have no concept or no idea of what an ideal family is. I don't know my mom, my parents. I don't get along with my brothers and sisters. Um, And you're just thinking, I don't even know what that is. So maybe you would think to yourself, ideal family Well, my best friend had a real good family growing up, and I always wish I was a part of their family. Or maybe you're thinking TV shows, right? The Brady Bunch, you know, everybody's happy, and like three girls, three boys, and it all meshed together perfectly. Or um, the old school Leave it to Beaver, you know, like Ward Cleaver comes home. Beaver, let me have a talk with you, son. You know, it's just like the perfect, wow, dad, gee, you're great, you know. And, and there's that old, like, just perfect ideal family. Or, or maybe you're thinking of Cosby Show, you know, Bill Cosby, the perfect dad, you know. He's cool, he cracks the jokes, he loves all the kids. And, you know, whatever it is. Or maybe it's the Simpsons and... <laughs> checking to see if you guys are awake. Um, But what is your ideal image of a family? Because that's what God wants us to keep in mind in the family of God, that it's the ideal situation. It's not the broken home that you came from. It's not the messed up families and lives that we see in today's world. Even some of them on on TV are just 
ridiculous and they're trying to say that, oh, this is the example, this is good. And it's just like God's saying, no, there's a better way. And so for us in the family of God, he, he uses, he uses the, the analogy of a family so many times in Scripture because he calls himself our father. And he says, you guys are all brothers and sisters and you're my children. So we get that in our minds and we're looking into Ephesians now saying, okay, family, family, this is what you're all about, God. This is what we're talking about today. So let's start off in Ephesians 4 with verse 4. And it says three important things here. Uh, We are all one body. We have the same spirit. And we have all been called to the same glorious future. Okay, so one body, one spirit, and one glorious future. Those three things. The body, first of all, he's talking about is the whole body of believers worldwide. Everyone that calls himself a Christian. Everyone that is now in the family of God because now they can say, God is my father. The people out there in the world, they can't say, oh yeah, God's my father. Because it says in John uh, 1.12, I actually have the the scripture here. It says, um, but to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave them the right to become children of God. If you didn't believe and accept, then God's not your dad. God's not your heavenly father. You're not his kids. People in the world think, oh, yeah, you know, I, I, I believe in God, but they don't really. They just kind of say that because they say, yeah, God's my heavenly father. But he's really not until you become a part of this. So he's saying all of us that are in this body worldwide, um, all of us are part of the same body. And that's kind of telling us, back in Paul's day, he's saying, Jews and Gentiles, you're alike because of Christ, because you're in the family of God. Because, see, that was a key issue back in their day, right? Oh, the Jews are the ones that now they know Jesus. Jesus is from our lineage, and, you know, he died for us. And then Paul guys come along, and and their their mission was to say, no, you know what? It's for anybody out there, the Gentiles, the non-Jewish people, anyone that wants to believe in Jesus Christ, he has, has given us access to become children of God. So we need to be careful in the way that we... Judge other people. And remember that we're all one body. See, I get to preach all of these services all weekend long here. And it's cool because every single service has a different personality. Every service has a different worship team. You know, last night, like Saturday night, it's cool because it's just so cruise and mellow. And the people are into it. And then this morning's a totally different style. Then 10 o'clock's going to be totally different. Friday was different. The youth service, they're just rocking out. And some of you guys may, might be like, well, that's not real worship. But the thing is... It really is worship because we're all one body. We all have one focus. We all have different styles, sure. The Jews and the Gentiles were different races. You know what? We're all different races in here. We're all different sizes, shapes, and colors, and we all have different styles. We all live in different areas, and we we speak differently. We have different ways of doing things, but God is saying we're still one body. We're not called to judge each other. If we're all in the family of God, then remember family is the most important thing. See, growing up, I was real different from my sister. That my sister was, was one way, the way she was, the way she acted, the way she, um, her traits, her style, her, her clothing and everything. She was like artistic and into like video filming and the arts and acting and this different stuff, right? She was like a thespian for a little while and I used to think that was a bad word. Oh, you're a thespian. And you know, it's like, <laughs> oh no, it just means you're in the, you know, acting or whatever. But she was like that, and I was just the guy that was like, where's my surfboard? I'm just going to go surf, and that's, that's all I do, one-track mind, you know? So I had my whole style. She had her whole style. And we were different, different, and we fought sometimes, you know, as brothers and sisters do. We fought a lot of the time, actually. You know, I don't know how many times my parents 
you know, would just take during the day to tell me to leave my sister alone, you know, or whatever. But when the, when the, when the bottom line came out, if something was wrong, if, if Kelly was hurting, I was there to defend her because we're family. And I still loved her, and I wasn't going to let anybody else make fun of her or tease her. That was my job, you know, because I'm family. <laughs> so I could get away with it. But, but bottom line is, I was there for her. And the thing is, it's telling us is, you know what? We're all Christians. We're all in the same body. We all have the same basic foundational beliefs in Jesus Christ. There's different denominations within Christianity. There's different churches right down the street, different places from us. But you know what? None of us are called to say, we're better than you, because we're all in the same family. How can anybody say they, they're any better because we're all in the same thing here together? We all have the same father. So we need to make sure that we be careful and not criticize other people. Oh, you know what? You pray too loud. Oh, you, you worship too softly. Or why are you standing and raising your hands? I don't do that. You know what? That stuff, non-essentials. That doesn't matter. We're all one body. Keep the unity. Remember that it's, it's Christ that brings us all together and, and not to judge one another. So we have the same body. And the second thing is, we all have the same spirit. Um, and what this tells me is that the same spirit that, that allowed Jesus to turn water into wine, or to walk on the water, or to be risen from the dead, or to do all the miracles that he did, is the same exact Holy Spirit that was in all the apostles, Peter and John, that could heal people, is the same Holy Spirit that is in someone that you see who is, who is speaking in tongues. It's the same Holy Spirit that you see someone else prays over someone and they're healed, or someone else has words of wisdom or, or visions for someone else. That same Spirit is the same in all of us. And you know what that means is no one should say, oh, that guy over there is more spiritual than me. Or none of us should say, I'm more spiritual than you. Because how can anybody be more spiritual if the Bible says we have the same spirit? How can anybody say, you know what, I don't, I don't mess around with that stuff. I don't get it because I'm not spiritual enough. That's for the people that, those leaders and pastors and stuff, that's for them to practice. God's going, you know what, the same spirit is available to everyone. Some of us have learned to tap into it a little bit better because we're not scared and by faith we're stepping out and going, God, you told me to pray, so I'm just going to pray and ask for healing. And stuff starts to happen because we're obeying what God said is that same spirit that's available to do all the miracles you read of in the Bible. He's still around. He's still available. He still lives in every single one of us. So no, no one in this room can say, oh, those guys over there, they're more spiritual than me. I'm just, I don't operate that way, so that's just all God's given me. Nope. God has given you the full ability to have any of that power of the Holy Spirit. It's up to us to start seeking that, to start ask, asking for it, to start experimenting. Because God will meet us. But if we just sit back, then all of that, that same spirit that's sitting there is just being wasted. And other people get to play with it. And other people get to use the spirit to bless other people. And he's doing his thing through them. And meanwhile, we're just keeping him bottled up and saying, oh, no, no, I don't want to use it. But the same spirit is available to every one of us. The thing that's a privilege to me nowadays in dealing with our youth ministry is they're picking up on this concept real well. The fact that the same spirit is available to everyone. That they don't look to the leaders anymore as the ones that have to do the spiritual things. To pray or to hope that God will give them visions or the, to pray that God will give them words for people. The youth of today are starting to realize that, you know what, same spirit is in me too. So I'm going to go pray for my friend. I don't have to go bring him to Carl to, to pray for him because the spirit's in me too and God could do something. 
And what we're seeing is that God is doing lots of things. God is moving in some of the kids more than he's moving in some of the leaders because they're just so, you know, like Jesus said, that faith of a child. And they're just asking and they're believing, hey, the Holy Spirit's in me. I can do stuff. So now I'm finding that when I go to camps and we have worship or prayer nights or things like this, that my job got suddenly a lot easier. Because it used to be all the kids would want to come, oh, let's, let's go get prayed for by the youth pastor or the leaders or whatever. And now it's like we release them, okay, we're going to pray for each other. And they just pray for each other. And I'm sitting there going, oh, does anyone want to pray with me? You know, I'm kind of lonely up here. What's going on? And I see kids just all around praying for their friends, giving them words, laying hands on their friends, their friends getting filled with the Holy Spirit, baptism of the Holy Spirit, uh, all of these awesome things. And I'm just going, wow, it's kind of cool to be an observer for once and not be the guy that has to get in there and stuff. And, but now I'm getting lonely. I'm like, well, come on, someone, you know, like I, I want to pray too. But it's just kind of neat to, to see that the kids have really bought into this, that they, they have the same spiritual power, they have the same Holy Spirit in them as anyone that they would see on TV who's this great big pastor, or they would see that someone comes through. I have a healing ministry. And the kids go, well, I might have one too, so let me try. And they're just going for it, and God's blessing them. But no one is more spiritual. We're all equal in this thing. And then it says that we all have the same glorious future. Um, as Christians, as family members, we need to remember that we have the same glorious future. When we became Christians, we came into the family, our future changed. See, if we would have kept on living life the way that we thought we were meant to live our lives, there's not that much to look forward to, yeah? It's like, well, I could make some money. Maybe I'll marry someone cool. Maybe I have a lot of good friends. That's, that's pretty good. But that's the best shot that we got going for us. When Jesus came into our life, it's suddenly the creator of the universe forgave you of all of your sins, and he's going to begin to bless you. He's now your personal Lord and Savior. That means he knows you, and he loves you, and he cares for you, and he's going to walk with you through all those hard times. And he's going to bless you in all your needs here on this earth. Sometimes you're still going to go through the hard times, but now you have a future that says, I go through hard times now with God by my side, not by myself anymore. So we have this awesome, glorious future here on earth, but we also have a glorious future in heaven. That we don't have to, to face the fact that when I die, what's going to happen? I'm going to go to hell, a place where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth, where you're in agony forever, and you're agonizing over the fact that if I would have only turned to God, I wouldn't end up where I am today, in hell. And we don't have to even worry about that. There's, we don't really have a fear of death. You know, I always say I have a fear of dying, you know, like I don't want to be in pain as I die, you know, like fear of drowning to death or something like that. That's... That doesn't excite me, you know, really. But death itself means that, wow, my life is millions of times better now. I get to see God face to face. And people will miss me. And, you know, there's, there's people lately in my life, in, in circles that I run in, that have passed away. And all of them have been believers. And it's neat to see the family who are they're going through the grieving process, but they're going, you know, we're going to see them again. It's really hard, but we know where they're at. We know, that, we know that our glorious future says that as Christians being a member of this family, the family of God, all heaven is, all death really means to us is family reunion. Yeah? Time to party. Oh, we see everybody again. That we get to, together with all the Christians, all the family, all throughout history. Think about that. All the guys you read about in the Bible, 
you're going to get to meet one day. It's going to be family reunion. Our, our father's going to take us all home. And, you know, some of these luau's last for days. Can you imagine heaven is going to be eternity of us just like, oh, there's the Apostle Paul. I've been meaning to talk to him for like the past two million years. And I had to wait in line. And there he is, you know. But time is no concept. And it's just a family getting back together again. And, and that's our future, that we don't, we don't worry about death. And there's loved ones that we've all lost in our lives. But knowing that if they're in the family of God, and we get to see them. We get to catch up on old times. We can fill them in on all that's been happening while they've been up there rejoicing with God and, you know, hanging out and having a good time. So we have a glorious future. And that as family members, we need to remind each other when tough, tough times come for some of us, that the rest of us as family members come and say, yeah, but look, look what you had to look forward to. Remember, God has promised you a future to give you hope, to give you prosperity in life, that he's not going to harm you. You're going through a tough time right now, but because of God and the same future that we all share, He's promised you that He's going to take care of you all the rest of your life. Remember that. And that as brothers and sisters, we need to be reminding the rest of the family, hey, there's something good to come. Don't worry. We all have this in common. He promised it to me as much as He promised it to you.